I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we'll be reading Leviticus chapters 14 and 15. Now, in Leviticus chapter 13, we looked at what happens when you have leprosy. In this chapter, at the beginning of the chapter, beginning with verse 1 down to verse 9, we find out what you do when the leprosy is gone. Verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest. And the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed two birds, alive and clean, and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it, and the cedar wood, and the scarlet, and the hyssop, and shall dip them, and the living bird, in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose into the open field. And he that is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, and shave off all his hair, and wash himself in water, that he may be clean. And after that he shall come into the camp, and shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days. But it shall be on the seventh day that he shall shave all his hair off his head, and his beard, and his eyebrows, even all his hair he shall shave off, and he shall wash his clothes, also he shall wash his flesh in water, and he shall be clean. And inexplicable chronic skin condition of any kind probably got the tag of leprosy back then. They really didn't differentiate. That's why the priest had a procedure for determining whether or not the skin condition was contagious or not. We saw that back in Leviticus chapter 13. Of course, if you were deemed to be contagious, then you were exported outside the camp to endure a very lonely existence. Whenever approached by anyone of good health, the leper was required to cry out, Unclean! Unclean! Once you were moved outside the camp of leprosy, it was generally felt that you wouldn't be back. I mean, not ever. But what if your leprosy went away? Well, you didn't just walk back into camp and take up a normal lifestyle. There was an elaborate ceremony of sacrificing that had to be accomplished that clearly marked the day when you were pronounced free of leprosy. That ceremony is found in these nine verses that we just looked at. Understand this. The very public ritual system was not for the purpose of cleansing the leper, but rather to formally declare that the one who was once declared to be a leper was now clean and in good standing among the congregation of Israel. This formal cleansing ceremony for the leper was no casual affair. Just look at the steps involved over a seven-day period. First of all, two birds were required. One was killed as a symbol of purification, and the other was released as a symbol of the man's newfound freedom. That's in verses 4 through 7. And then the former leper was to wash all over and shave off all of his hair. We see that in verses 8 and 9. Now, here's something worth noting. 
This is the only instance found in Mosaic law in which purifying blood is applied to a human. So you're walking through the camp of Israel back in the wilderness days and you see a strange looking man with no hair, no beard, not even any eyebrows. Wow. He's been shaved all over. Oh, and despite his appearance, he seems really, really happy. What's his story? Well, he's just been pronounced clean from leprosy and was required to shave his whole body. But he didn't mind. He's just happy to be alive and part of civilization again. However, there's still more he must do beginning on the eighth day. And we find that beginning with verse 10. And on the eighth day, he shall take two he lambs without blemish and one ewe lamb of the first year without blemish and three tenth deals of fine flour for a meat offering mingled with oil and one log of oil. And the priest that maketh them clean shall present the man that is to be made clean and those things before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall take one he lamb and offer him for a trespass offering and a log of oil and wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And he shall slay the lamb in the place where he shall kill the sin offering and the burnt offering in the holy place. For as the sin offering is the priest, so is the trespass offering, it is most holy. And the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering, and the priest shall put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. And the priest shall take some of the log of oil and pour it into the palm of his own left hand. And the priest shall dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand and shall sprinkle of the oil with finger seven times before the Lord. And the rest of the oil that is in his hand shall the priest put upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed and upon the thumb of his right hand and upon the great toe of his right foot, upon the blood of the trespass offering. And the remnant of the oil that is in the priest's hand he shall pour upon the head of him that is to be cleansed. And the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord. And the priest shall offer the sin offering and make an atonement for him that is to be cleansed from his uncleanness. And afterward he shall kill the burnt offering. And the priest shall offer the burnt offering and the meat offering upon the altar. And the priest shall make an atonement for him and he shall be clean. So we see here the beginning on the eighth day four offerings must be made on behalf of the newly cleansed leper. The trespass offering, the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the grain offering. These offerings are explained in Leviticus chapters 1 through 7. Now we find that the newly cleansed lepers, the poor lepers, they catch a break here. Verse 21, And if he be poor and cannot get so much, Then he shall take one lamb for a trespass offering to be waved, to make an atonement for him, and one-tenth deal of fine flour mingled with oil for a meat offering, and a log of oil, and two turtle doves or two young pigeons, such as he is able to get, and the one shall be a sin offering, and the other a burnt offering. And he shall bring them on the eighth day for his cleansing into the priest, into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord." And the priest shall take the lamb of the trespass offering and the log of oil, and the priest shall wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And he shall kill the lamb of the trespass offering, and the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and put it upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. And the priest shall pour of the oil into the palm of his own left hand, and the priest shall sprinkle with his right 
finger some of the oil that is in his left hand seven times before the Lord. And the priest shall put the oil that is in his hand upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot, upon the place of the blood of the trespass offering. And the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand he shall put upon the head of him that is to be cleansed, to make an atonement for him before the Lord. And he shall offer the one of the turtle doves, or of the young pigeons, such as he can get, even such as he is able to get, the one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering, with the meat offering, and the priest shall make an atonement for him that is to be cleansed before the Lord. This is the law of him in whom is the plague of leprosy, whose hand is not able to get that which pertaineth to his cleansing. So we see here that for those who were too poor to provide a second lamb, they were permitted to provide two turtle doves or young pigeons for the second lamb to serve as sacrifices for the burnt offering and sin offering. However, no substitute was allowed for the trespass offering. In Luke chapter 5, verses 12 to 15, when Jesus healed the man with leprosy, he gave him specific instructions in verse 14 of that passage, and he said this, And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. This modified procedure of appearing before a priest was apparently still a requirement of the law in Jesus' day. The procedure for being declared clean was a lot of trouble, but I'm guessing the leper would have been willing to do this really and much, much more just to be pronounced clean once again. Now, in chapter 14, beginning with verse 33, we have a house with leprosy. Help! My house got leprosy. Verse 33. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When you be come into the land of Canaan, which I give to you for a possession, and I put the plague of leprosy in a house of the land of your possession, and he that owneth the house shall come and tell the priest, saying, It seemeth to me that there is, it were, a plague in the house. Then the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest go in to see the plague, that all that is in the house be not made unclean. And afterward the priest shall go in to see the house. And he shall look on the plague, and behold, if the plague be in the walls of the house with hollow strakes, greenish or reddish, which in sight are lower than the wall, then the priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house and shut up the house seven days." And the priest shall come again the seventh day, and shall look. And behold, if the plague be spread in the walls of the house, then the priest shall command that they take away the stones in which the plague is, and they shall cast them into an unclean place without the city. And he shall cause the house to be scraped within round about, and they shall pour out the dust that they scrape off without the city into an unclean place. And they shall take other stones and put them in the place of those stones, and he shall take other mortar, and shall plaster the house. And if the plague come again, and break out in the house, after that he hath taken away the stones, and after he hath scraped the house, and after it is plastered, then the priest shall come and look, and behold, if the plague be spread in the house, it is a fretting leprosy in the house, it is unclean. And he shall break down the house, the stones of it, the timber thereof, and all the mortar of the house, and he shall carry them forth out of the city into an unclean place." Moreover, he that goeth into the house all the while that it is shut up shall be unclean until the even. And he that lieth in the house shall wash his clothes, and he that eateth in the house shall wash his clothes. And if the priest shall come in 
and look upon it, and behold, the plague hath not spread in the house after the house was plastered, then the priest shall pronounce the house clean, because the plague is healed. And he shall take to cleanse the house two birds, and cedar wood, and scarlet, and hyssop. And he shall kill the one of the birds in an earthen vessel over running water. And he shall take the cedar wood, and the hyssop, and the scarlet, and the living bird, and dip them in the blood of the slain bird, and in the running water, and sprinkle his house seven times. And he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird, and with the running water, and with the living bird, and with the cedar wood, and with the hyssop, and with the scarlet. But he shall let go the living bird out of the city into the open fields, and make an atonement for the house, and it shall be clean. This is the law of all manner of plague, of leprosy, and skull. And for the leprosy of a garment, and of a house, and for a rising, and for a scab, and for a bright spot, to teach when it is unclean, and when it is clean, this is the law of leprosy. And then we find in this passage the house leprosy. Now, I know you agree with me when you say this, you gotta hate it when your house gets leprosy. Actually, if you'll recall from Leviticus chapter 13, the Hebrew word translated leprosy there uh, literally means a scaliness. So it's really a general word for something growing on the surface that really shouldn't be there. And that can make you sick. Notice how in verse 37 it describes a greenish or reddish uh, hollow indentations in the wall. Maybe some sort of a fungus. I think we can all agree, nasty... The house is unclean. The procedure sort of reminds me of the asbestos removal procedures of the late 20th century for buildings erected in the 1950s. We see in verse 41 that the house was to be scraped throughout. Literally, the visible surfaces were to be stripped. The scrapings were to be dumped outside the city in an unclean place before they put in new stone and mortar throughout the house. And if that doesn't do it, verse 45 says that we just tear the house down. Who wants to live in a house with leprosy anyway? So the priest was always your building inspector, and he was the health inspector too in Israel. I'm glad I'm not a priest. You'll notice that these procedures were to be applied to dwellings that they would one day occupy in Canaan. We see that in verse 34. Who knew it would be 40 years before these regulations would actually be applicable? Maybe the Canaanites don't mind living in those nasty houses, but the Hebrews are going to clean them up when they arrive. You'll notice in verses 49 to 53 that the procedure for cleansing a house was the same as the first stage of the leprous person in Leviticus chapter 14, verses 4 through 7. It required the priest to have at hand two birds, cedar wood, scarlet, hyssop, and an earthen vessel, and water. In chapter 15, we have some very delicate issues of health that we'll be reading. Verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When any man hath a running issue out of his flesh, because of his issue he is unclean. And this shall be his uncleanness in his issue, whether his flesh run with his issue, or his flesh be stopped from his issue, it is his uncleanness. Every bed whereon he lieth that hath the issue is unclean, and everything whereon he sitteth shall be unclean. And whosoever toucheth his bed shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. And he that sitteth on anything whereon he sat, that hath the issue, shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. 
And he that toucheth the flesh of him that hath the issue shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. And if he that hath the issue spit upon him that is clean, then he shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. And what saddle soever he rideth upon that hath the issue shall be unclean. And whosoever toucheth anything that was under him shall be unclean until the even. And he that beareth any of those things shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. And whomsoever he toucheth that hath the issue, and hath not rinsed his hands in water, he shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. And the vessel of earth, and he that toucheth which hath the issue, shall be broken. And every vessel of wood shall be rinsed in water. And when he that hath an issue is cleansed of this issue, then he shall number to himself seven days for his cleansing, and wash his clothes, and bathe his flesh in running water, and shall be clean. And on the eighth day he shall take to him two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, and come before the Lord unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and give them unto the priest. And the priest shall offer them, the one for a sin offering, and the other for a burnt offering, and the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord for his issue. And if any man's seed of copulation go out from him, then he shall wash all his flesh in water, and be unclean until the even. And every garment and every skin whereon is the seed of copulation shall be washed with water, and be unclean until the even. The woman also with whom man shall lie with seed of copulation, they shall both bathe themselves in water and be unclean until the even. And if a woman have an issue, and her issue in her flesh be blood, she shall be put apart seven days, and whosoever toucheth her shall be unclean until the even. And everything that she lieth upon in her separation shall be unclean. Everything also that she sitteth upon shall be unclean. And whosoever toucheth her bed shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. And whosoever toucheth anything that she sat upon shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. And if it be on her bed, or on anything whereon she sitteth, when he toucheth it, he shall be unclean until the even. And if any man lie with her at all, and her flowers be upon him, he shall be unclean seven days, and all the bed whereon he lieth shall be unclean. And if a woman have an issue of her blood many days out of the time of her separation, or if it run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of the issue of her uncleanness shall be as the days of her separation, she shall be unclean. Every bed whereon she lieth, all the days of her issue shall be unto her as the bed of her separation, and whatsoever she sitteth upon shall be unclean, as the uncleanness of her separation. And whosoever toucheth those things shall be unclean, and shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. But if she be cleansed of her issue, then she shall number to herself seven days, and after that she shall be clean. And on the eighth day she shall take unto her two turtles, or two young pigeons, and bring them unto the priest, to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall offer the one for a sin offering, and the other for a burnt offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for her before the Lord, for the issue of her uncleanness. Thus shall you separate the children of Israel from their uncleanness, that they die not in their uncleanness, when they defile my tabernacle that is among them. This is the law of him that hath an issue, and of him whose seed goeth from him, and is defiled therewith. 
and of her that is sick of her flowers, and of him that hath an issue, of the man, and of the woman, and of him that lieth with her that is unclean. So we see here in Leviticus 15 that it deals with some delicate issues. In Numbers chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, we see some additional instructions regarding the terms of the separation during the period of uncleanness. This chapter deals with some common as well as uncommon health issues. Now, notice the following physiological issues that are dealt with in the chapter that we just read. In verses 1 through 15, we see it dealing with some kind of disease. Assumedly, it's a venereal disease. Most Bible teachers agree with that. While the language in verses 1 through 15 is a little cryptic about this issue, this seems to be the correct understanding. It's obviously a reference to an abnormal discharge of some sort. This diagnosis seems to be supported by the content of the rest of the chapter. Sin and burnt offerings had to be made on behalf of these. In verses 16 to 18, we see it dealing with the normal male discharges, thus lending to the assumption made in verses 1 through 15 that we just spoke of. You'll observe that sexual relations during the day rendered the couple unclean until the evening. No offerings were required. In verses 19 to 24, we see a concern for normal female menstrual discharges. Of course, there were no disposable modern conveniences available like women have these days. So it looks like that um, one week of vacation each month. Well, the Hebrew women had to be thinking, this is not so bad. That's what I gleaned from verse 19, which says, She shall be put apart seven days, and whosoever toucheth her shall be unclean until the even. No offerings were required here. Now, according to Numbers chapter 5, verses 1-4, through 4, it would appear that these women spent this week away from their homes outside the camp. Kind of a vacation, I'd say, wouldn't you? Now, verses 25-30 through 30 deal with female discharges that go beyond the normal length of time. Can you say, extended vacation? And when everything was cleared up, sin and burnt offerings had to be made on behalf of these. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletribe.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walker.